to another episode of Assembly Required, brought to you by Vault Games here in Brisbane. And as always, I am joined by Jess. Hello. And Dom. Oh. Uh, and today we are talking about uh, a couple of things. First up, we have the new Death Guard stuff in for Warhammer 40k. So, uh, God help me. Yeah. Um, for those who who. For those who play regularly in the store, you may have noticed that I have now moved directly into Death Guard. Um, the new models have, that have been coming out just are fantastic looking. Uh, and the first thing we've got to talk about is obviously the Codex. So uh, Death Guard would be the first the first supplemental Codex, I guess you could say, uh, for the new Warhammer 40k edition. But one thing to note of in it is actually that... Um, they include chaos units in there anyway that you may include in a Death Guard. So unlike the supplemental codexes of old, you could actually just buy this one book um, and it'll have everything you need to play a Death Guard army. Nice. I was curious about that. Uh, which, which is cool. It's a welcome change, I gotta say. Um, have you guys had a chance? Nice yeah, sorry, go ahead. Quite nice knowing that for the next couple of uh, codexes that are coming out as well, regarding the you know the Blood Angel, the Space Wolves, when they finally come out. I was curious of whether or not they end up with their own set of uh, like Primaris gimmicks. Yeah, well, we'll see. Kind when they that out still. Well, they could end up getting some new units as well, um, based on how much new stuff is coming out for the Death Guard. Um, we got oh yeah tanks that shoot plague. We've got tripods that just spew bile. Um, happiness, yeah, happiness, oh, spew happiness, spew happiness bile. Um, it's a, it's a veritable vomitorium. Absolutely. <laughs> a veritable vomitorium of vexatious, viscous fluid. I don't know mm, what vexatious means. I'll cut that out. <laughs> I'll cut that out in post. Um, verily. <laughs> verily. Um, but so some of the new units that are coming out there are really interesting, um, I'm digging the return of blight grenades, um, like a much kind yeah, of like so, a semi better so how flag. Are they? We, they're, they're, we, we've kind of had our had our matchup, but we didn't get to the point where they actually got to be uh, deployed meaningfully. Yeah, look, I haven't really used the blight grenades. I'm not a big grenade user when it comes to the game, anyway. Like a lot of the things I end up facing oh, aren't strong enough to warrant. Love them. Yeah, I know. Love them. I understand. Notwithstanding Look, the fact that I lucked out and did two wounds on Morty with one. Yeah. <laughs> that was very lucky. Um, yeah. But it was a psychat grenade, so. Yeah. Um, Even so, they're actually not very good. I think the main. It was. The main concern. They have the potential to explode like they did. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They have quite the potential. The, the main yeah. thing for me when it comes to the grenades, though, is I've just never versed an army where A, it would be effective, or B, I haven't charged first. So um, it, it's kind of kind of weird to see them. Yeah, I imagine with your nid list, they're not going to feature as predominantly, but I recommend actually checking them out, like particularly if you have sergeants in a squad or someone who's not toting such a big gun, which generally makes it obsolete as a tool. Man, they they matter a fair bit. The amount of like five grenade overwatches I've had in these these new editions so far. Five frag. Sorry. That that's quite amazing. Well, there is a stratagem yeah. where um, 
I think I believe it's a stratagem where everyone in a, in a unit can use their black grenades at the same time rather than just one model using it. So obviously on the oh, Overwatch, what? yeah, on the Overwatch, that'll oh, no, just... I do remember seeing that. That's nuts. So on the, that up in a big squad. Yeah, on the Overwatch, that'll be great if if uh, if you got a ten man squad of plague marines getting charged, because um, they're really just frag weapons with a plague rule, plague rule, which is uh, reroll ones to wound. Um, yeah. So you get a little bit of an extra yeah. chance. Yeah, I think yeah, you know, you're low wound weapon. Yeah, I was just saying, I think your uh, plague grenades did actually put a wound on my incubi when I changed charged Morty. So you know, they're fun. Oh no, he had he had an entirely different thing called phosphex bombs. Oh. Which are just like Close enough. grenades on steroids, man. <laughs> 2d6. It's brilliant. So some of the new models uh, we're seeing through the Death Guard Codex as well. Um, I, I'm really impressed by it. I managed to get um, a few playthroughs with the Foul Blightspawn, uh, which is the uh, one-use buffed um, Blight Grenade. Uh, but it is, it's an elite character. Um, but it also has this this very interesting spraying weapon, which is the plague sprayer. I think it's the plague sprayer or something like that. It's it's two d six strength, two d six strength, d six attacks. So it's a two d six strength flamer, but it has an AP of minus three. So it's a two d six strength plasma flamer. It's the thing that I think counts up. It's three damage a hit. Oh yeah. You will melt through tanks. I charged them with a squad of paladins and nearly had the entire thing get roasted on the Overwatch. Yeah, you learned your lesson that time. I did. I'm going to shoot him next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got to admit as well, going through that playthrough, uh, the, the, the medic, I can't remember what it's called, but the uh, the healing type, the death guard I get, which is nice to see, like, you oh, know, the- marine and guard are no longer the only people with an apothecary type. The bonus that that can give you to your... Um, yeah, so disgustingly, yeah, disgustingly resilient. resilient Absolutely, oh, man, that could add up in a big army. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't bring back guys, but he certainly keeps them on the field for longer. Um, the the one interesting model that I got a chance to play with as well, I just I proxied him in because we were still we we're still waiting for the models to come out for it. Um, was the Tallyman? Now, if you haven't read the Codex yet for Death Guard, the Tallyman is is a guy who marks up all your deeds, what you've done for Puppy Nurgle. Um, on your spread of his pestilence. So, oh god, he's Santa's list taker. Yeah, he's Santa's list taker, pretty much. If Santa gave you presents of boils and pus. Um, so what this tallyman does is, if you ever use a stratagem for a death for the death guard, so you have to use a death guard stratagem. It can't be on like a re-roll or a or a um or an interrupt attack on on in the fight phase. It has to be a death guard stratagem. But if you do a Death Guard stratagem, you then roll 2d6, uh, and if you get a 7, all those command points you just used are refunded. Now, I didn't get this off in the game with you, Jess, but the no. game with Dom, I managed to get three vic- three command points back. I'm pretty sure it was with you, Dom. I, I did Nurgle's Rot, which is the... Oh, no. Yeah, the, the orbital bombardment. Yeah, yeah, the, the orbital bombardment. The orbital, the orbital bombardment. So it's like the most expensive, uh, most expensive stratagem. Got that off, refunded the three, and was able to use that again to do rerolls as necessary, or or even do um, another stratagem. It was just, it was. I love the thematic touch to it. The getting the seven, the getting Nurgle's number. Oh, absolutely, and and just like it's not going to happen every game. 
Like, the amount of command points you'll get, unless you're playing with a massive point list, so you get a lot of command points to use, you're probably only going to get to use the Tallyman twice a game, really. Um, and even then, the likelihood of you rolling the seven off the two dice is like one, like what is it, one and three or something like that? So Not much lower than that. Not huge. It's, it's not great. So you're probably going to get him off probably once every two games at, at maximum. Um, Could be curious to see how he starts to add up when you do build, a, like take a close look at a lot of their uh, abilities and plans you just to burn through your command points on them. Yeah, exactly. And it, it and that's that's kind of the fun aspect of it too, is it's that riskier mm. element um, where you get a chance to use your stratagems a lot. Um, and really make use of the command points beyond what they're meant to be used for, pretty much. So getting, you know, it's it's basically an extra three command points for, I think it's like a 60-point model. So he adds up nice. if you can get it off. But he's also, you know, basically a um, noble champion model, isn't he? Like, he's not bad in himself. Yeah, he comes with, like, one thing I've noticed, like, nearly every Death Guard character comes with a plasma pistol now, which... Is quite clear because oh, nice. they don't really have anti armor. Like you can give a- no, they 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 would be the most amazing against an opposing like mobby swamp arm, armor army. Mm. But most of their anti armor appear to be through the uh, ridiculous amount of mortal wounds they tend to throw forward in a wave of yeah. angry pestilence. So <laughs> a lot of it, yeah, a lot of it is the mortal wounds off being too close to their big guys. Um, and then probably the next in line would be modification uh, is taking the weapons on Hellbrutes and, um, defilers really. Um, and then maybe predators, but that, that's about it really. That the rest of it's, is mainly mid tier level armor and lower is what they're really good at taking down. So just to having, having plasma pistols on the guys that are on your front line anyway, just give you that little extra like pip into into armor, heavily armored units. They can also still take their havoc squads, though, can't they? I didn't see any in the Death Guard Codex. Yeah, it'd be interesting because normally, you know, Death Guard they're very siege warfare like, so they'd be well backed up with a backline of guns, given that they tend to ponder mm. ponder forward relentlessly <laughs> quite slowly. They definitely they're got some... like thousand sums in that matter. They've definitely got some good Terminator-looking models as well. Like they've got two two branches oh, of Terminators yeah. now. They've got the the Death Shrouds, which seem to be rocking like cataphracty armor from Horus Heresy. Um, but then they've also got the Blightlord Terminators, um, which are a whole other beast. Um, just yeah, disgusting. Death Shroud gives that Mortarians watching little buff to the guys around them. Absolutely, and they get to jump in front of fire, so you can essentially use them as extra wounds on Mortarian. Which, yeah. Mortarian. which I do yeah, he, very much love this heavy set of character focus in the new edition. Like mm. I was someone who used to have a lot of characters just by proxy if I got quite invested in my little man dollies and gave them names. But now being able to actually really bring them in, having the apothecary me more, I can have my lieutenants for my not quite commander rank and by proxy all these new ones that everyone's getting so far, the, the Death Guard included. Oh, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I have a very small set of armies now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got the characters in some ablative cannon fodder. Yeah, we the characters are now just so much fun, and they they add the flavor to the armies now that I think was kind of missing in the last editions. Is where you could really just add a character to a squad and they buff the squad a little, but all about it, it was mainly about the squad anyway. 
Um, yeah, most of the characters previously were just about, I have a guy what can fight good and win duels. Yeah, yeah. Or they were yeah. standout HQ and that was it. But now having like and some of these, then, yeah. some of these individual elites doing special abilities, but aren't really named characters. It just it adds some good flavor to the armies. You can change them all around. I'm actually yeah. um I'm looking forward to to getting Typhus on the field soon as well. Um, oh, him and your zombies. So yeah, just surrounded by um the Poxwalkers. Um, but get a bit of a father son team going. Yeah. Absolutely, but but the last thing we definitely need to talk about is the big baddie that you all faced, uh, Mortarion. The Primarch of the Death Guard has finally stepped out, uh, stepped out of the warp storms uh, and onto the battlefields here in Warhammer Forty Thousand. Um, and you two both got to face him last week uh, after I assembled him in the store and, and put him to good use in a fifteen hundred point. Broke him. Uh, <laughs> I, I I broke Jess quite a bit. Um, no, no, you broke you broke one of his little little the little guys oh, yeah. off. I the best part of the model, you ruined the model. <laughs> I broke a piece oh, I, of the chain. It's fine. I need to admit, with all these new models, particularly those big ones, as awesome as they are, God damn those little flangly bits. Yeah, the flangly bits. Look at that that uh, the Belisarius crawl model and uh, that uh, Skits was doing a commission for it looks amazing, but. Oh man, that must have been hell to get all those little bits and all the little, you know, stuff on chains. And I have no idea how I would transport a lot model like that. No, that's that's really the joys of having a board game store, is you can just leave your <laughs> hobby stuff there and be like, oh, it's it's for demonstrations now. Um, like me, who has like a freaking human-sized wall of boxes. Oh yeah. Need their own little box. I mean, it looks nice though. But I was having a look at, like, particularly the the, the seraphim that come with the uh, uh, the sister Gemini, and they look great. But oh man, those ribbons are gonna snap. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, but back back to facing down Mortarion. How did uh, it? It felt really good being on on the 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 giving end of Mortarion's um love. Um, <laughs> it gives so much love. So much love, All particularly the love. in the form of Host of Plagues, which is at the start of every fight phase. Roll a d6 for every unit within seven inches. Uh, I believe it's seven inches. Seven, and yep. Nurgle's number. Nurgle's number. Nurgle's number. Uh, and on a, depending on his wound profile, it's a four, a five, or a six plus. Uh, it, that, that unit suffers d3 mortal wounds. Yep. It's fun eating the entire HQ for a uh, Imperial Guard player in one fight phase. <laughs> hey, you had one wound left. <laughs> well, my one did. I can't speak for the other Guard player. I, I think I went up against... I had Saint Celestine, one bodyguard, a Canoness, Inquisitor Greyfax, and a Inquisitorial Commissar. And by the end of one round of fighting, all that was left was the Commissar. And he had one wound left. That Sorry. sounds about right. Yeah, the Death Guard seem to rock, particularly against those, I'm going to say, squishier, more mortal foe types who haven't got a lot of wounds or uh, hitting individual <laughs> back behind them. And, and oh, that, was, yeah. uh, that was really just the host of plagues. Like, when you start talking about what Mortarion can dish out as well, you've got first his Scythe Silence, which has two modes, right? So, Dom, you got to face what it was like getting hit by an eviscerating blow, which is double the strength uh, at full attacks. 
So that yeah. pretty much just wipes whatever vehicle he touches. Um, and oh, then, yeah. then the other side is, uh, I believe, Reaping Scythe, where it is, um, you get you get your standard attacks, which usually starts at six and then goes down to five and then four. But at six attacks, and then for every attack he makes, you roll three dice. So he he gets three attacks for each attack. So obviously, when you when you're facing multi multi unit combat, you still got to dish out those six attacks and then add the extra dice after that. But if you're facing one squad. That squad doesn't exist oh, it's, anymore. It's beautiful. Or, or my uh, poor Archon. Yeah, or, or your Archon <laughs> that fails its two-up save on the first save. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Well done, yep. Jess. Well done. Look. He was in with the chance. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's the profile I've been giving to... I noticed the Stomper and the Night Titans all have the same thing. It's kind of the, the Stomp or the Sweeping Blow. So he's hitting like a Titan, which is you know, pretty pretty nice and on par for a uh, Primarch. Mm. And just having a look at him, he is, like, unsurprisingly, being Nogal's boy, he is the biggest tank of a Primarch that I've seen so far. Mm. I don't just mean that in that he's insanely tough, because he is also stupid fast for what you'd expect of Nogal's Primarch. But he is the biggest distraction on the field. Like, you look at him and he draws so much firepower and can soak it up. He's the RPG description of a tank. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. Like he, and because of that disgustingly resilient rolls, um, you just give him that extra chance to save, even standing directly in front of a multi-melter. Like, you still get a chance to save all those shots. Well, it's, it's oh. not even that. It's high toughness, four up Invan, and then freaking disgusting resilient. You're just like, oh. It's, it's also that very smart move the psychic power uses on itself when you're supporting one, stacking up those uh, neg one to hits on that Nurgle power. Uh, yeah, making him that much harder to target to begin with, which uh, you know, target something else and try to wipe out the field, but suddenly there's a huge thing balling down on you. And Point yep. in case on mentioning Squishy targets, I joined, did a joint force of uh, Grey Knights and Guard, and my god. Like, they did their job. They stole that objective and ran it back to my line like nothing else, but they just died. They got butchered. Yeah, it's a shame the rest of the Death Guard army is so friggin' slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've just need more... Uh, things and overextending them. Need more bloat drones and, uh, what are they, blight haulers or whatever they're called. Yes. Get some more, oh, no, more the floaties. Just teleport them in so they're already up front with the other guy. Yeah, that Lord of Contagion he- just suddenly appeared in quite a an interesting place. <laughs> yeah, right. Look, it, it was very close to him just cleaving through that side of the field, and if I hadn't have gotten lucky with the guard commander coming to finish him off, and then suddenly remembering that I have Grey Knights and Mortarian is still a demon. Yep. Uh, and mm. even so, at the end of the game, I had such the left. Like, there was almost nothing left of my guard forces, and I had, what, four, four Grey Knights going up against all the rest of your army other than just Morty and a Black Drone. Yeah. Yeah, it was. You had, um, you, you had taken out the blight spawn. Uh, you taken out the blight spawn. You had taken out the poxwalkers, and you had taken out Morty. And that yeah, was it. What a good fifteen, two characters and fifteen odd uh, death guard with plasma guns in the lot. Yep. I mean, it could have gone either way from there. Yeah, it really could have. Give or take the bird. Um. But. So, so just so we've gone through about how all the new models in death guard, what it's like to face them. Just a quick. Quick wrap up there with Morty. Uh, what's your tip? What's your tip for bringing down Morty for the players out there that um, that are coming up against the new Death Guard models? Mm, that's a hard one. I've been I've been thinking about it. Like with the game we had, should I have ignored him and just wiped out the rest of your army? But at the same time, 
everything he charged in your turn, he killed in one turn. So unless you have like four or five units, you can just sacrifice to Morty while taking out the rest of the army. You can't really leave him alone. So I, I don't have an answer to that. It would be helpful if my you know Dark Elder could actually shoot their Dark Lancers, but... <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah, I think you got one Dark Lance off in that game. One that actually hurt him, yeah. And I had 11 Dark Lancers on my side. Oh. But no, I don't know. Like Heavy weapons can definitely take him down. I think um, potentially even mass fire because of that whole 4-up in one. If, you can, like, if I actually put my splinter weapons or something like that, mass fire into him, you'd actually drop him pretty quickly. Like He has 18 wounds, uh, but... I, I gotta admit, I'm not sure how the splinter's working on poison, but he seemed quite resistant to mass fire just because of that high toughness to begin with. Mm. Uh, what's the poison on your splinter weapons like? Does that make for that toughness? Yep. Oh, that, yeah, make a good difference. Yeah, well, yeah. that seems pretty resilient. That's one thing I've noticed, I noticed? With, with um. With, that's one sorry, thing I've noticed. Yeah, sorry. Uh, it's one thing I've noticed with um with poison weapons though is they can really bring down any monstrous creature with the mass fire, considering you have that four plus. So I think I think if you're going up against Morty, uh, uh, poison weapons will have a greater advantage over just general mass fire, obviously, because you don't have you you're at least ignoring the toughness issue that you're facing with Mortarian. Um, but again, you still have to put a lot of shots in him to bring him down. Mm. Yeah, and I think like I would have played that game completely differently if it was a objectives in the middle of the game. So the one we played was the objectives only mattered after turn five, and yeah. I was basically off the table at that point. Uh, so I had a sort of an all or nothing chance. So I think against him, you really want to play objectives. You can't... Like, he's just so tough. In, in counter to that point, the game we played was the Relic, so uh, I managed to lock out being you know, somewhat faster than Death Guard, sprint up and bring the Relic over to my side to bring the, the battle onto my field, forcing him to overextend away from his army, because often Ner- Death, uh, uh, Nurgle and, and Death Guard are quite slow, even if you do have some deep striking or some faster elements. Uh, Dylan's done a great job, as we mentioned, of using psychic powers to make it harder to actually hit him to begin with, which means you can waste lose a lot more shots just trying to get in to begin with makes it much harder on the shooting side of things but it might have just been me but when I actually got up and, and forced to charge onto him with some units with thunder hammers or things that do multiple damage save you can get it back down to that 4 plus if you have the high strength you can bring him down dreadnoughts terminators something that might survive long enough to get in there but you've got to kill him fast because Ooh, yeah. whatever's left at the end of the turn you, it won't be <laughs> Cool. So, so basically, just find get the things that hit the hardest in melee and try and get the charge. Yeah, force the advantage, hit them all at once. I sacrificed my infantry pretty willingly uh, to 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 bring in my more elite ones to make that hit. I kind of got lucky with who I sent down that side as well. But yeah, abs- yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That, that I seemed think- to be the the big advantage for you, Dom, as well. Is that when you got the charge, you had at least that one chance to deal a good chunk of damage. And I think every time yeah. you got the charge, you did manage to do that little bit. Like, I, I remember one time you brought him down just below his wound profile, which just made it a little bit harder for me to keep going. Um, yeah. But yeah, sorry, Jess, you were going to say? I was going to say, I think another tactic would be to use sacrificial units. Like, if you have a high uh, unit count, you could very much control Morty. Like, sure, he can kill one unit every turn, but if you position yourself and just outmaneuver, even though he's very quick, you can still outmaneuver the rest of his army. So, you can pretty much force him into charging certain targets. Um, and so, if I played a little bit smarter like that myself, maybe I could have got away with it, but 
He's hard to play in easy days, which is good for a Primarch. They should be a serious challenge on the battlefield, particularly when you you use them uh, to, to back up their existing element. Oh, yeah, 100% agree. He's definitely got a lot of flavor to him. I didn't mind playing against him. I just wish I rolled less ones. Oh, yeah, dice is always a thing. I look forward <laughs> to seeing him up against other Primarchs. I really want to see Magnus and Girly Man in their elements. Ooh, Girly Man. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Cool. So that was all about the Death Guard. Uh, moving on to another piece of news in the minis community. Uh, for fans of um, the lesser-known games, Firestorm Armada, Dystopian Wars, um, Uncharted Seas. Uncharted Seas. Uh, un- um, we had the unfortunate news uh, at the end of August um, that Spartan Games was unfortunately going into administration. And going back, and no, I think um, we talked about that last time, didn't we? Uh, I don't know. I think I don't know if we. No, we missed it. No, I missed think it. We found out just after last one. Yeah, we found okay. out just yeah. after the last recording. So um, that was unfortunate. But uh, good news was, I think it was just this week or so. Uh, it turned uh, yesterday. Yesterday, uh, mm-hmm. the the properties for Firestorm Armada, Dystopian, um, Dystopian Seas. Dystopian Wars and Sorry, Uncharted Seas. We'll get this right. Seas. Yeah, I'll get it right. Uh, Firestorm Armada, <laughs> Dystopian Wars, and Uncharted Seas has all been uh, purchased by um, War Cradle Studios, who are known for Wild Wild West Exodus, I believe it is. The steampunk, yep. is it like a blimp game? No, it's a steampunk uh, skirmish game. So very oh, much cool. like Warmer Hordes, but oh, cool. steampunk. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. All right, so Jess, you were looking into it. Um, what, what do you... What news do you have for us? Uh, cool. So uh, I am a bit of a fan of Firestorm Armada and their sort of games. But so basically, yesterday they announced that they had purchased the IP rights to all of those pre-mentioned titles. So they are going to continue development of these um, products. They're going to apparently they're looking into redoing the rule sets. They've got all from. What you can tell, they haven't said this straight out right, but it sounds like they've got all the tooling to remake the models because they're talking about continuing the product line, which I am super happy about because I do love the products and the games. However, unfortunately for everyone that might have been backing the Kickstarter or have orders with them, they haven't taken over Rebel Games or Spartan Games. So you're a bit out of luck and you won't be getting any of your uh, Kickstarter rewards from these guys. They've just taken the IP. But on the bright side, it means we can keep playing the games. Yeah, so there is a future for these games. Uh, so that's that's a, what a lot of fans are looking forward to. I was actually looking at just getting into Firestorm Armada um, when we found out. So it was kind of um, a bit upset at that. Uh, and we definitely had a rush at the store for people asking for other Spartan game products like Halo, um, Halo Fleet Battles and all that. Um, still no word on what's happening with the licensed properties. Um, it's unlikely that we'll see them come back. I'd, I'd say, in from my experience, um, it's it's more likely that we will see it. Um, it's more likely we'll see those licenses go to other studios for a different product. Yeah, what's well, definitely interesting because uh, Spartan or well, Rebel Rebel Games are still in administration, so we don't. No one really knows what's happening there. But I imagine like the Halo Wars license will definitely go somewhere else. As uh, I was surprised in uh, BrizCon, was it BrizCon that was recently, they had a huge amount of people playing that, and that was um, really surprising. So it's definitely got some following. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and um, yeah, 
Uh, it, it's it's disappointing to, as always. It's disappointing to see a game go. Um, it's disappointing to see a studio um, close its doors. Um, but I think um, with what Wayland Games and War Cradle Studios has has managed to do, um, I think it's good that we're still going to be alive for some of these games. And I look forward to seeing what they bring out uh, in the future. Whether that's going to be a new edition or if it's going to be just a same a reprinting um, of those those um, those IP under their same under their banner instead, whatever. I just yeah. Well, from from what they've said, they seem to be very happy with the game as it is. So it looks like they're going to continue it in the same light. So it's not going to change a lot. Um, and it looks like they were planning on really doubling down on what's already there and just sort of releasing more content that is already for those base sort of game systems in the base. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, races, base, playable factions, uh, and just really getting a lot of stuff out. Um, they're also talking about uh, all the exclusive items that were through the Kickstarter. Eventually, there'll probably be like a timer on it, but they've gotten all of the molds for that by the sounds of it, so they'll be releasing them for sales under the Wailing Games or War Cradle Studios exclusives, exclusivity sort of deal where they only have it exclusive for a year and then they release them after that for just general public sales, which is super cool for those of us who like picking up those more rare models. Uh-huh. Yeah, so no, it's definitely got a future, which I'm super happy with. So as the last piece of every episode, we'd like to have a chat about hobby now. So uh, Jess, what have you been up to hobby-wise this week? Um, I haven't been doing a whole lot. been pretty damn busy, but I have dug through my boxes and I found my Harlequins and I'm slowly uh, getting my Harlequins together and I have a deck of cards in front of me that I am butchering to make some bases um, out of some playing cards. And I'm looking forward to painting these guys and actually putting them on the table for once. So maybe I'll have them ready by the time they release their codex. <laughs> <laughs> in in like six months at the yeah, earliest don't remind me well uh, that's still that's that's pushing it buddy <laughs> <laughs> um dom anything new hobby wise for you so probably my two biggest things i've been working on over the uh the past, for the past month i finally got my gabriel angelus model from the um the the uh, artel w miniatures and man it looked good i've painted it together i'm just reading on a commissioned skits to go and modify Ooh. him so he has a second eye because I thought them not giving him the cyber eye in normal hit three was just stupid. And yeah, I'm super happy with how that model turned out. And I've also been working on uh, my Dread Knight, who I finally got sick of him uh, having a baby carrier. So I have <laughs> well butchered a Dreadnought, kind of uh, built up a sarcophagus and all that up around where his little Gimli pilot arms would be, and it's come out looking quite good. It's a lot more like robuster figure now. I got rid of the Gimli bits on top and. You can just see the little pilot's head poking out of the big armored torso, so I'm quite happy. It's going to look much more mean, and I'll start feeling him as a uh, dread master. So I'll have now, something to counter Primarchs with. Th- th- there's a problem here. A, he can't like just kick Marines in the head as he's walking over them, and he doesn't have an extra sword that he can flail with. It, it would be great. I mean, probably model him to be dual wielding. I wish I could. Have <laughs> a I mean, it would be a stupid waste of points. They're like forty points of melee weapon. But I got to admit, after we had that uh, big gentleman's disagreement, and I saw the Dreadmaster, he's got the two plus to hit can counteract the hammer's penalty, and that hammer mm. being D six damage but minimum three. Yeah, I can crack some skulls with that. Absolutely. So when it comes yep. to. Uh... 
hobby work for me, the main thing um, I've been doing, obviously, is getting our uh, Death Guard army in the store worked up with Mortarion coming out and a few more uh, a few more things arriving this week from um, the fine plastic carrying overlords at Games Workshop. Um, also, one thing that um, I've been working on uh, mainly with you, Dom, uh, is the is the uh, kind of an updated set of Death World rules uh, for those that have played in much older versions of uh, 40k. Um, you might remember, I think it was the Cat- the Catachan supplement had the uh, yeah. had the jungle Death World rules in it. Uh, we managed to come across that one day um, floating around in my box of old books, and uh, from there, yeah, we've pretty much built um, four different Death World map. Uh, rule sets. Uh, they're going to be at the store in Brisbane. So if you come across them, you want to have a read, just drop in the store and um, we should have them printed out next to the uh, the mini stuff up the back. Um, but that's about it really for well, hobby. That, well, that's leading into the uh, upcoming campaign, isn't it? Oh, yes, yes. We are looking at putting together a Death World campaign. Uh, probably won't happen till maybe November at the earliest. We're still discussing about timeframes and how we're going to run it. Um, but definitely um, looking forward to some some more longer campaign fun and um, in the store based around these four death worlds, uh, which which we just can't wait for. So uh, it's yes, gonna definitely happen. sounds like it'll be I look forward awesome to getting, fun. Getting hardcore into the beta testing of these systems over the next couple of weekends. So yeah, absolutely. So being one of the owners at Vault Games, uh, who sponsored the podcast as well here at Assembly Required, uh, I've got to let you guys know about a great new thing we're doing with Games Workshop models. Uh, because we don't outwardly sell Games Workshop um, products on our online store, we mainly do it only in in-store um, sales. Uh, if you are keen on getting hold of some Games Workshop books or Games Workshop uh, plastic kits, uh, we are now doing 5% off recommended retail for um, either of those. Plus, if you order over $100, that goes to 10%. So if you are keen on getting hold of any of the G-Dub products through Vault Games, uh, shoot them an email at orders at vaultgames.com.au. That's all for this episode of Assembly Required, brought to you by Vault Games here in Brisbane. As always, I have been joined by Jess... Goodbye. And Dom. Goodbye, the people. Uh, And we will catch you in Vault Games uh, in the near future for more minis and more plastic fun. See you later.